though I'd like to share some reflections this evening on the four Brahma Viharas. As some of you were here on Thursday morning, said I want to um, kind of run parallel for the month, parallel to Marcia's themes of the seven awakening factors, and maybe there's a sense of the the two wings of the bird of freedom, the compassion and wisdom. Um, leave you to find your own connections, your own alchemy. Um, and, yeah, I um, wanted to begin by sharing a powerful piece from the beginning of the Dhammapada, early text of the Buddha's sayings. Hate never yet dispelled hate. Only love dispels hate. This is the law, ancient and inexhaustible. Read as few words as you like and speak fewer, but act upon the law. Give up the old ways, passion, enmity, folly. Know the truth and find peace. Share the way. We could probably spend a lifetime considering that, just that, right? Yeah, it's so powerful and so, like so much of the Buddha's teachings, um, has this kind of holographic quality or the sense that if you go, if you go in there deep enough, you find the whole of the Dharma and uh, it's all somehow, it's all there, it's all, you can enter through this portal. So I wanted to pick up on this sense of, of love. No, I'm not sure which word is being translated here, but um, as, as we all know, it's, it's a, an interesting word in English. Um, <laughs> it can mean so many, so many different things. Um, and one of the ways I like to think of the Brahma Viharas, these great qualities of, of metta, goodwill, friendliness, of karuna, compassion, amudita, appreciative joy, and equanimity, upeka, are to uh, think of them or see them as uh, wise forms of love or, yeah, wise love, ways of, um, and be the very, very natural uh, movement in a, in a human being to, to, to care, to to have concern for the welfare of beings. You know, it's a channel for that, perhaps you could say, different, that each of the Brahma Viharas may be meeting a deep, 
a deep need in a human being, you know, to care, to feel connected, to 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 enjoy, to to rejoice, and to find some ground, some steadiness in this life. And how in perhaps the way that we relate to e- to each other as well as to ourselves that the i've i've i um i, I often feel like these four brahma viharas are such a a rich and powerful framework sometimes i you know i guess we all are drawn to our different lists and you know sort of <laughs> groups of wholesome qualities in the buddha's teachings and i i think one of the the great strengths of these themes, these practices, these reflections, these ways of, of seeing, you know, these attitudes, these sublime attitudes, um, are that they, they seem to me to, they, they provide a kind of a sound basis for our uh, relational life. And, of course, that could be expanded quite widely, <laughs> to include you know, not only ourselves and other beings and animals and the earth and also that sense of, of uh, experience, you know, the phenomena of, of just whatever is arising. And so I feel that for me an ongoing training and the sort of intention is to try to strengthen the connection or strengthen these qualities so they can be more the support for life, the support for um, how to be in the world, how to relate. Uh, and very much work in progress, of course. <laughs> so it's like one of the things I want to touch on is, yeah, how, how you know, perhaps not hate as strong as that, although at times maybe, maybe that. Um, but just so much that maybe gets in the way of of the flowering of the expression of the access to these great kind of natural qualities of the heart, yeah, that, that just get in, covered over and, and impeded. So um, the great vision of the Buddha, of the possibility for human human beings to find freedom and and also his great uh, practicality and so how do we you know how how do we develop the meditation how do we how do we do this and yeah many different ways and i don't i don't want to get too much into all the different approaches and techniques this evening but more maybe just to um Let's open up these four themes for us to really, really value together, to really, I guess, yeah, I had this image, I didn't bring candles, but I had this image of maybe just by this, through this talk, through the listening, through the speaking, we sort of are lighting these four candles, four illuminations, bringing warmth and light and you know into our hearts into the world and and um yeah so let this be a a lighting of four candles
So I just want to share this again, um, which I shared on Thursday morning. So I know some of you have heard this. This is the um, Buddha's advice to Rahula um, in the Majjhima Nikaya 62 as part of a teaching a group of practices uh, for Rahula, his son, to, to develop. And um, so I'll just, I'll just share this. And, and again, I, I feel in this particular talk, I really want to highlight the Brahma Viharas as a group, you know, as a, as a um, bundle, <laughs> um, just to maybe have that sense of how they work together, how they, how they support each other, that they obviously can be developed as very distinct qualities, but somehow, so often in the teachings, then they come up as a group, they come up as a sort of sequence. So just whatever you notice about that as we go through the reflections, what it's like to kind of even just briefly open to or touch upon that particular quality, yeah, whatever, maybe in the brief moment in the simplest way you can just f maybe feel yourself or have a sense of connecting with each of these qualities in turn. So Rahula develop meditation on metta, goodwill. For when you develop meditation on goodwill, any ill will will be abandoned. Rahula Develop meditation on compassion. For when you develop meditation on compassion, any cruelty will be abandoned. Rahula, develop meditation on appreciative joy. For when you develop meditation on appreciative joy, any discontent will be abandoned. Rahula, Develop meditation on equanimity. For when you develop meditation on equanimity, any aversion will be abandoned. So, perhaps in that also, again, this um, encouragement and incentive to to practice this meditation because of because because of its healing power. It's uh, yeah, the power of these qualities, these themes, these reflections, however we want to view them, um, yeah, have, have great power. And we can play, you know, soon as we can be creative with this. You know, and maybe you know somewhere in the suttas that talks about the, maybe it's in relation to Brahm Viharas, maybe other, the, the image of the conch blower where it's like this quality is, you know, meta, it's like, you know, it's like <laughs> this sound that just goes out a long way, you know, that sound, if you've ever heard any sound like that in the outside, or well, sometimes the bell from BCBS, you know, it's that, like just that, how far that goes. And um, one time I found this technique which can may not work for you, but I just, I, I, I was in a bit of a stew, a bit of an upset, you know, one of those multiple hindrance attacks or, 
you know, where you're just really caught in something. And I, I imagine myself standing at a crossroads. I don't know quite. It doesn't have to be at a crossroads, but anyway. Um, and just shouting. I shouted silently in my mind, Meta! <laughs> you know, without making any sound, but just like bellowing, you know. And, and um, it was really interesting. It sort of helped. <laughs> somewhat to my surprise you, know, you try these things and you think oh. and I could feel even just just a little bit of, of, of help a little bit of dislodgement or you know that replacement principle that sort of sense of sometimes well, it was quite surprising you just it doesn't always you know, it's not like it completely but that principle that of replacement or dislodging or you know, um, the Buddha says abandoning the way the way that um, it just it just takes that space, isn't it? Um, maybe you've you've had experiences like that, where um, you know sometimes you can do it intentionally, and sometimes it just happens. I sometimes tell a story, and some of you might have heard again when I was in a a big upset. Um, at Gaia House and I was walking with a friend and and just whinging and whining and wailing and moaning and you know really upset I mean I mustn't be trying not to be disrespectful to my former self for being in that state I think okay metta for that person um but you know she was listening patiently and then we walked past this place where there's this dog I love I love dogs and there was this one of my most beloved dogs who was at the gate it's like oh Polly oh oh you know happy 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 stroke stroke I love you and then and then oh but there's this just like switching channels you know and then I went back to my to my you know tirade and my friend fortunately pointed this out to me and it's remained a, a very important teaching somehow that I can't always make that shift but just seeing it, I think, my goodness, you know, you're in the middle of this thing and it's going on forever and it's always been there and I'm never going to and they're always and then suddenly, you know, almost like that, like, oh, so what's going on here? Yeah. And in that case, I think just the natural power of metta was kind of just out of that loving relationship there. Saying, oh, hmm. So um, I wanted to try to, I hope this makes some sense. I've been reflecting on how, for me, these Brahma Viharas, they... They, I feel I can sort of feel them and see them and in all parts of the Eightfold Path. And so I know, you know, depending on what your interest is, again, because of this sort of holographic or interrelated quality of the teachings, you can kind of see everything from that point of view. And so being somewhat, not wanting to be reductionist, you know, and say, oh, it's all about that, you know, how you can take one uh, aspect of the teachings like, Brahmaviharas or mindfulness or emptiness and just sort of say kind of that's that's it you know and I think it was part of the Buddha's genius to keep kind of like pulling the rug out from under that one it says no there's eight there's seven there's six there's this there's you know it's like and we just have this strong 
kind of tendency to say, yeah, but what is it? Oh, it's this. Right, okay, I've got it now. Um, so anyway, sort of with that slight cautionary note, um, so right view, and as, you know, part of that being this sense of, of karma and the importance of intention, intentional actions, and how the understanding of that, the understanding of the efficacy or the, the effect, the result, the, the quality of intention, whether it's in thoughts, words or deeds, that coming to understand and see directly for ourselves, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like as an idea we might kind of get it, but to see it really directly in our own experience, the 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 result the the um the effects of intentions you know very powerful support then to the um wise intention the the second you know the what sometimes translated as right resolve don't know what you you know your sense of it sometimes resolve intention or thought so if we understand and if we have some sense of right view, say, from the either, I mean, you know, there's various sort of aspects of it or ways it can be established, a sense of, of that what we do matters. That our intentions have immediate effects and longer-term consequences for ourselves and others. It's like, oh, right. And if we want to live peacefully, if we want to, to, you know, not add more suffering to the world, if we want to to really understand freedom, freedom from dukkha, yeah, then it's this. Um, so, what are the what are the kinds of intentionality that are actually you know in tune with this understanding? at least to some extent, this sort of understanding of right view of, of, of the aspect of it, of, of karma. And I think, for me, um, fairly early on in my practice, um, on my teacher, Christina Feldman, I think I, I, I learnt from her again and again, she talked about it in different ways, of how the healing of the past happens in the way we meet the results of that in the present. Yeah, I'll say that again. I mean, I, maybe you have your own way of putting this, but it's like something I come back to again and again, and I think it's very much this connection. It, it sort of highlights this sense of right view and right resolve. It's like the past is healed. Or again, the maybe more accurately the results, the vipaka, the, what I experience as the results of what happened in the past now, is healed through the way I can see that, be with that, relate to that, here and now. You know, and, and, and I'll repeat it, I can repeat it for an hour or something, because it feels so important and so helpful. And I think when I came to practice and still to, to the, you know, the lesser extent, a sense of maybe we all have this, maybe that's, I don't know, it'd be interesting to know if that's 
a motivation for a lot of people is feeling that the past was bloody horrible, you know. Excuse my, excuse my language, my English swearing. <laughs> um, but, you know, that sense of for some of us in different ways, you know, bad things happened. Uh, well, we did bad things or it was the world, it was the culture, it was the politics, it was... You know, and that sense of 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 that um, desperate wish that it had been different for them, for me, for you. You know, you know, it's a sort of looking like where is the past? I mean, it isn't anywhere, but you know, you look wherever you look <laughs> like behind you, or you know, where is where do you look for the past? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because if you're reading, you sort of look for it that way because the lines go that way. You know, it's probably different in Chinese, isn't it? Where you go, you probably look for the past up or something. Anyway, um, you know, or that sense of the past being down there. You know, it's like layers. The past is, you know, and, and, and maybe there's some helpfulness in those sorts of images or understandings. But I think what was so important for me when I I hadn't really, I had this sense of there being so much pain sort of carried over from the past. And I couldn't, I just couldn't understand how you could do anything with that. Like, how can you change anything? Because you can't go back and change what happened. But what I began to understand was that it starts to change because of how you're relating to what's here, what's what's a here and now effect of that and again for me I think the Brahma Viharas particularly kindness compassion care was gave me somehow that was that was a very important um, um, portal you could say a kind of ground for faith like I could see the difference it made you know, and again, it's different for different people, isn't it? But what kind of, when those first experiences of practice of retreat, what it is that kind of really gets your attention. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's something here. Don't know what they're on about really, but, um, you know, for me it was a lot about kindness and safety and space, you know, non-intrusive space. So... This sense of the Brahma Viharas being maybe an expression of or a vehicle for the cultivation of the Eightfold Path, the way the right view and the right resolves and flows into our action and speech and livelihood. So Tanisaro Bhikkhu put it like this in his book The Sublime Attitudes, which I believe is in the library. As part of right resolve, goodwill and compassion provide the motivation to act on the insights of right view into the nature of action and its power to bring about the end of suffering. And it's a long sentence, you know, he's good at this. I think this this sense of the okay, so the the resolves of goodwill and compassion providing the motivation to act, or to embody, to express, to act on the insights of right view into the nature of action and its power to bring about the end of suffering. Right. So there's the, the wisdom 
peace, informing the compassion, the goodwill, right? So there can be an appropriate response and incredibly empowering, isn't it? I mean, if we think about it in our own personal life or if we think about it in the world, in political life, in um, the realm of injustice, um, all of that, that is and, and has been, you know, calling, calling for um, the Brahma Viharas, among, among other things. It's a sense of what, how relevant this is to that. It is not just a kind of nice fluffy pink thing for the cushion. It's, it's got a huge amount of healing power, both from individual and from, I, I feel like when we gather, and we gather with others around these principles. It's incredibly powerful, and we can we probably all know and perhaps have experienced that in in our life. And so, right mindfulness again. That I feel like that could be a whole a whole talk about how mindfulness and the Brahm Viharas work together. You know, and how from Marcia's talk on Tuesday, it's the the chief mother of that. I think then. I would say maybe Brahmaviharas would be among her, her, her um, daughters and sons of you know the highest ilk. Um, so um, Nayana Ponikatera, um, teacher and writer, um, he said, the primary task of mindfulness is to watch that no deed, word or thought offends against the spirit of unbounded loving-kindness. The cultivation of this should never be absent. So, can you hear again this link? It's all there. Right view is there. Right resolve is there. It's, it's kind of... My, m- connecting mindfulness up with that it's in the service of that I think that's yeah that that bears a lot of reflection and and you know that sense of what what is this mindfulness for <laughs> I think that's a for me that's a fairly convincing uh, expression of what it's for and right samadhi so of course, as you you know, as you know, the Brahmaviharas can be, each of them a very powerful um, theme, reflection for the mind to absorb into, to collect in, to gather, um, and a very uh, yeah a, a, a way of of entering samadhi for for us maybe to some small degree or to a great degree. So can you hear? I just wanted to connect up all these Brahmaviharas with the path. I, I, uh, yeah. So, second piece I wanted to talk a bit about is is kind of following on from that. It's just maybe being a bit pulling out a bit more the sense of the Brahmaviharas as um, like a framework of guidance for right relationship. And um, as helpful attitudes or ways of looking to to call upon, and um, you know they're not always just you know 
states of 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 uh, mind that we can just you know abide in you know maybe maybe that uh, maybe that that can that can be sometimes but then sometimes maybe it's more like um attitude so i like um reb anderson he said a state of mind is not stable but a loving attitude can be right so for me somehow that is an encouraging uh a sense of you know we we can't always feel loving and even stable and joyful but we can learn to mm, be able to more connect with these attitudes again a little bit like my story with Polly the dog it kind of sometimes it just happens and sometimes we can learn to to actually to to bring that so um the story I it's from quite a while ago, but anyway, I don't see. I I should rustle up some new stories. I'm like <laughs> using these old ones. Anyway, seems kind of effective. So I was on retreat at Guy House, and um, and I had the job of wiping the tables after tea. I did not like this job. I thought it was a really boring job, and it was at the wrong time of day. And I just wished I had another job. And it made you late for the sitting before the talk. And and so, <laughs> first few days, they were like, oh, grumble, grumble, grumble. I wish they should give me another tour, yeah, another job. I said, yeah. And then I, of course, you know, as you, as you do, you think, hmm, <laughs> what's going on here? And how could I practice with this? And so, again, in a playful sort of way, which I, I think, I don't know whether it's, maybe not, this isn't true for everybody, but the spirit of, oh, well, let's see, and you know, a kind of playfulness, a kind of sense of, rather I ought to be kind and rustle up a bit of positive energy around this, yeah, all right then, because that's, you know, what you're supposed to do. It's more like, more playful, like, maybe being in a sand pit, why not? (laughs) A Dharma sand pit. (laughs) Building things and they fall over and you need a bit more water and then somebody comes in and knocks your castle down and Anyway, let's not go on too much about that. Anyway, so I thought, well, what, what would what would it be like if I just wiped the tables for everybody? You know, just like because it is really, isn't it? When we do our yogi job, it's like it's it's to to help everybody, everybody to be, you know, who's on the retreat, and and so I started wiping the tables and just you know, and it was like within a few minutes, I was really enjoying it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do it for everybody. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you know. And so again, a very simple example, and perhaps not always so accessible. But um, what would it be? You know, probably think of situations on retreat um, or situations in your life. And you're saying, what would it be? Hmm, what would it be if I could just connect with some sense of Again, any of the Brahmaviharas, all four of them, friendliness or compassion or appreciation or gratitude or steadiness. You know, what would that bring? And either, you know, sometimes maybe thinking about it ahead of time, you can, you know, prime yourself. For, okay, let's try and bring a little bit of equanimity into this situation where I'm usually like going like this, you know, and totally being blown here and there by the worldly winds and you know okay let's you know that intention to go into a situation with okay let's see if we can get a bit more ground 
you know, in something as simple as feeling your feet on the floor. You know, like I used to do when my, my dear mum was alive and there was a lot of love, but there was a lot of trouble in that relationship as well. And it was very, very challenging at times. And I would do that. I would stand by the kitchen counter and I would put my hands on the counter like this. <laughs> yes, mum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling your feet on the floor and the hands. And it helped me. It helped me. So we can, again, maybe be, be creative. And that sense of asking, maybe in the midst of something, you know, or I... I I think um, when I was training to be a counsellor years ago in England and I used to, when I was on my way to my placement, I would think of each of my clients and I would before, so I was walking, it was great, I had this sort of half an hour, 40 minute walk and I was walking and I'd think of them and I was maybe well, you know, and I'd think of each one and kind of just, you know, send some, just that goodwill and I, I think it really helped, yeah. So also just to touch on what I was kind of pointing to earlier, the sense of how much um, that which is not the Brahm Viharas <laughs> is around in our relationships with other people. So again, big topic could easily be a whole talk. But it feels important to kind of include this because, you know, sometimes maybe we're fortunate and the meta dislodges the ill will and we're like, everything's lovely. Um, But often, isn't it more the case that you're, you know, raging or, you know, you're cross, you know, and all that. And somehow you manage to get some kindness around it. You manage to wait a minute, just, okay, don't lose your balance too much here, yeah? You know, that it's actually, again, this can make a huge difference to what happens with the person or with yourself. And I can remember just that, it's absolutely enraged with somebody, which hasn't happened very often in my life, and just feeling that sort of, ha- just hanging on to the um, the first precept, you know, just like holding on to it for dear life. I will not, I, you know, I am not going to, I am not going to do anything harmful. Just really holding on to that. You know, that, you could say, is a rather, it's meta, isn't it? Very basic form, but really, really important. That aspect, sort of refraining side of the precepts. There's the positive side, there's the, if I will not, I will not, you know, it's like very, and everything in you wants to just sort of explode like a volcano all over this person and tell them what they really, they really ought to hear, actually, you know, that sort of righteous wrath kind of is like, wow, that's got some power in it, you know. And then, and then I'm thinking of one particular occasion when I, you know, just went for a really long walk and roared a lot at the sky, which also seemed to help somewhat. So this, 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 you know, and obviously it's not always so dramatic as that, but these like, just, you know, the, the, maybe the, the sort of greed related, you know, it's just like in relationship, like, I really like you, I just want to kind of eat you or be with you or be you or, you know, I just want to kind of, you know, possess you or, 
you know and again it, it doesn't sometimes maybe very strong sometimes maybe not so strong but how much you know and again this is probably very normal and pretty much for most of us a lot of the time that the hu- the, the human realm the relational realm the realm the social realm realm close relationships family you know you name it um sangha oh you know dear um that what gets in there you know i mean i could there could be a really long list couldn't there of greed hatred and delusion kind of operating in our relational world no indifference thinking about delusion you know the sort of cutting off you know don't care or the, the, the sort of pretending or performing, manipulating. These are just all things I've observed in myself. And how maybe that having the framework of the Brahma Viharas and having that as a practice and having those themes as um, mind states and attitudes and intentionality to, to cultivate you know I mean I don't know about you but for me that's a very strong incentive to cultivate them because there's a lot of trouble there potentially right trouble for others trouble for ourselves stress I mean it's really this is not pleasant this doesn't feel good and I think that's again part of the Buddha's genius isn't it saying these wholesome qualities feel good <laughs> That's one of the reasons why we're encouraged to cultivate them is because they they bring happiness here and now. Yeah. Oh gosh, this is all going okay, let's see. So um yeah. Let's see, alright. Um so I wanted to share a teaching that I share sometimes, which is a little, again, we're moving through each of the four Brahma Viharas and feeling a little bit into their qualities and then also noticing how how they connect and support and balance each other. You know, it's very interesting. And what I'm going to share here is just one one way that these qualities can balance and support each other. I'm sure you can... You can you know you could easily find other other forms of the way they balance and support each other so um yeah here's this um maybe put some of these things on the board for anybody who wants to look at them afterwards um metta the love that connects is an antidote to all forms of aversion it is not attachment If it slides into sentimentality, karuna brings the heart back into balance. Karuna, the love that responds, is an antidote to cruelty. It is not pity. If it slides into sorrow, mudita brings the heart back into balance. Mudita, the love that celebrates, is an antidote to envy. It is not competitive. If it slides into agitated excitement, Upeka brings the heart back into balance. 
Upeka, the love that allows, is the antidote to partiality. It is not indifference. If it slides into disconnection, metta brings the heart back into balance. So, perhaps another thing to kind of just point to is that sense of how these qualities are um, help helping to helping to to helping us to find balance, and that balance is maybe quite a it's like it's got a lot of elements it's got the ground it's got a kind of centeredness it's maybe got a kind of calmness to it it's got a kind of clarity so um the way that the near and far enemies of the brahmaviharas tend to kind of again pull us off balance and also maybe this is your observation but certainly mine that sometimes we see how our practice it naturally gives rise to these qualities have you noticed that in yourself and others it's like somehow sometimes maybe after some retreats or something you just you can just feel like somehow the the heart is more um you know able to respond and 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 care and it's just it's very natural it sort of comes from this clarification this this unification the mind strength of the mindfulness yeah it's all so so the this is a natural process which we can notice which i think is another very interesting way of practicing these rather than trying to you know crank some out you know and get it get some together you know and um, it's more like noticing, noticing, and that, and that simply that noticing is 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 part of then how it can grow. Noticing what are the kinds of conditions that actually allow, that actually support the flourishing and the expression of these these qualities. Um, so yeah, slightly more poetically put than this what I just read from Long Chenpa, 14th century Tibetan, said, let the beautiful bloom of compassion grow out of the soil of friendliness. Water it with tears of joy in the cool shade of the tree of equanimity. So many, many ways, many ways of maybe allowing again the creativity of our own minds to maybe as we reflect on these themes and we understand what are the kinds of reflections and thoughts, images, people, beings, places we can recollect, activities we can do, you know, that actually catalyze or evoke or uh, um, bring these qualities to life in us. You know, just noticing particular kinds of friends or, you know, animals that, 
yeah, that, that, ah, you know, just going outside and looking at the tree or just again noticing because it's like it's already happening and then we can we can understand how to connect with that um, and it not be such a random thing but something we can actually find wherever we are and for me that's certainly one of the aspirations in it that in whatever situation one might find oneself in one oneself in that we can actually access these qualities these energies these ways of seeing or these attitudes so oh gosh i'm not right okay well um <laughs> i think uh yeah i had some more i wanted to share but i'll, I'll find some other time to do that because this is going to be a month of this stuff so um i'll just finish with um something from the buddha and it's the one of the ways that the meditation on the Brahma Viharas is, is uh, most often expressed in the early suttas. And I'm going to read you the just one on, on metta. And then I'm going to be so bold as to share with you my own very humble, I wouldn't call it a translation exactly, but it's basically my creative kind of finding of some meaning after listening to Ajahn Suchito kind of tease out some of the meanings of the Pali words that are translated into English, um, which again, I, I sometimes feel is an incredibly helpful exercise for us to connect with what the teachings are actually pointing to um, and how we, can, how we can connect with them for ourselves. So I read you the, the Buddha. Abide, pervading one quarter with a mind imbued with goodwill. Likewise the second, likewise the third, likewise the fourth. So above, below, around and everywhere, and to all as to yourself. Abide, pervading the all-encompassing world, with a mind imbued with goodwill, abundant, exalted, immeasurable, without hostility and without ill will. That's from the Majjhima Nikaya 83. Okay, so I'll just close with my own, I feel like apologizing for it, but anyway, there we are. Um, it made me happy. Just <laughs> you can go and make your own. This doesn't work for you anyway. So let us make our minds shine with benevolence. Let it fill our minds and bodies, softening and releasing all that hinders and obscures. Let us joyfully feel an abundance of benevolence allowing its all-embracing nature to free us from all suffering, bringing us home to the formless field of blessing. So may 
our time together this evening, these reflections and your listening, be in the service of these, bringing these great qualities into our lives, into the world, for our benefit and for the benefit of all beings everywhere. So thank you for your attention. And let's close our time together by chanting the reflections on the sharing of blessings. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.